Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Well, thank you for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. As always, uh, we try to bring you this ministry resource as a tool to help you grow in your faith, to activate your faith. It's a ministry resource here at Journey Church International. It's always my honor to to host. My name's Ryan. I serve on the ministry team here at Journey. Uh, we recently started a new teaching uh, back in the book of Matthew, chapter 5. The series has been called Chasing Perfection. We kind of interrupt for this Sunday's message. Uh, is actually an interview uh, with um, Dayton Moore, the general manager of the Kansas City uh, Royals. I almost said Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, Kansas City Royals. Um, Pastor Christian, we, we love baseball. But that's not the reason you interviewed Dayton. Uh, we know Dayton is a very humble person and would, would be hesitant uh, really to share kind of his resume, so to speak, about his efforts in this area of racial oneness. Um, can you highlight just some of his efforts in establishing the foundation, see you in the majors, and maybe just kind of a brief summary of the initiatives that have come out of that foundation as well as you know maybe some of the hurdles he's faced? Yeah, so um... – yeah, the general manager of the Kansas City Royals, Dayton Moore, uh, who's, um, because our sons played basketball together when they were in kindergarten, uh, and they're now both freshmen in college who, who, you know, we've, we've had the opportunity to have a, a long-term relationship with. We've had an opportunity to, to cheer on his baseball teams, which have won two American League pennants, uh, which won the, the World Series, uh, World Championship in 2015. Um, man, a, a great Christian man. Um, but, but he has since, um, since the time I knew him. So, you know, as he moved to Kansas City, he saw Kansas City as a, uh, he saw Kansas City as a whole. And what I mean by that is he did not see Kansas City as the suburbs that, that come to watch, um, come to watch baseball at Kauffman Stadium. Uh, he saw Kansas City as both urban and suburban. Uh, he saw Kansas City as, as black and white and Latino. Uh, and he realized that our baseball team, um, you know, when, when they play home games, uh, their jerseys say Royals. When they play away games, their jerseys say, their gray jerseys say Kansas City. Uh, he realized that Kansas City, if he ran an organization that represented Kansas City, that he needed to represent every demographic of Kansas City. Um, so, um, you know, he, he, uh, he lives in the suburbs, but one of the first things he did, uh, he and his wife, Marianne, is they started, um, they started volunteering and getting involved in the city union mission and, and tried to figure out who can help us learn, um, about the very best of, of Kansas City. Um, you know, as a general manager of a professional organization in a billion dollar industry, um, like Major League Baseball, you're gonna, you're gonna be walking and talking with executives from Sprint and Hy-Vee and Pepsi, all the people who have signs hanging in the stadium. Uh, you're, you're gonna be, um, you're gonna be invested in getting to know the investors of the city. But you're also going to be invested in getting to know the people of the city in every industry, in every demographic, um, in every race of the city. And, and I've just, I've just seen him embrace Kansas City like I've seen very few leaders in Kansas City embrace our city. And a year ago, um, in May, when the world, not just our country, but when the world watched George Floyd die in the streets, um, of Minnesota. Of Minneapolis, um, we as a church said, we wish in Kansas City we were one of the places that had answers 
and influence and a track record of doing this good. We, we wish, like Tony Evans said, that when the world lives in racial disunity and, and when the world lives at racial tension, he said the world should look at the church and run to the church and say, you all are the only ones getting this right. How do you do it? And I don't think that would be the testimony of our church, nine years into our church, that the, that those experiencing, uh, frustration, tension, um, racism, and Lee Summit would say, well, at least Journey has it right. So we said we wanted, we wanted to do better. We said we felt as followers of Jesus, we were commanded to do better, to love people like Jesus loved people. So I told our church in June, um, this is going to be something. Because we believe it's a step of discipleship that we're gonna we're gonna get engaged in and we're gonna learn. Um, Ecclesiastes three says there's a time to speak, there's a time to listen. This is our time to listen. It's our time to listen and learn. Uh, and we said we had three initiatives: to see with the eyes of Jesus, um, to learn how to see better in this area um, with the black members of our congregation, uh, the black members of our community, black members of our city. Help us to see what we've never seen and forgive us for not even knowing where to look. We want to feel with the heart of Jesus. Um, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. So we asked Marcellus Casey to come in the fall, the Kansas City Chiefs chaplain, and to teach us um, how to mourn and to be okay with not only m- mourning what was happening, but but mourn generations that got it wrong and mourn the fact that we didn't do something sooner. We said we're going to see with the eyes of Jesus. We're going to learn to feel with the heart of Jesus. And we're going to serve with the hands of Jesus. And we said just quarterly, we're we're going to have a Sunday every quarter, as long as I'm the pastor, just devoted to trying to grow in this discipleship area of of racial unity in our church. So this quarter, winter quarter of 2021 is learning how to serve with the hands of Jesus. So I ask myself this question, who do I know who has a great track record of, of rolling up their sleeves and putting their hands to work in the, in the area of trying to help people across racial boundaries, um, experience the, the love of Jesus and Jesus followers. And Dayton was one of the, one of the first people, um, who I talked to. We talked in our interview about the launch of Unite KC, an organization he started with the help of um, a lot of government leaders uh, in our city, black and white leaders, men and women across our city who said, our, our city's got to do better. And we've got to acknowledge some sins of the past in our city. And we got to make some covenants and some promises for the future in our city. Um, Dayton was one of the first people who called me when, um, when fr- frankly speaking, all hell was breaking loose in our country and say, Christian, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do? Um, we can't do nothing. What are we going to do? We can't do nothing. And he said, I'm going to leverage all my influence, um, to, to do something. Um, he's just a guy who, who he sees with the eyes of Jesus. He feels with the hearts of Jesus. And he, and he, and he said, let's do something. Um, so he put together an organization, but I, I think one of the reasons he was able to do it is because he's, he's got a 10 year track record of being in the urban core of our city and saying, I, I see you as much as, um, as much as I see people sitting at the ballpark. Um, and he, and he mentioned, uh, in a, in a moment that was, um, uh, 
really transparent in a moment that was really humble. I thought in a moment that was really insightful and educational. We, we recorded the video at the Urban Youth Academy in downtown Kansas City. Uh, where they're, um, just assisting families in the urban core with, with baseball, with education, with faith-based initiatives, with leadership. Um, so we recorded there just to talk about and celebrate what's going on there. But he talked about how when he first came to town, uh, with a vision to really serve the inner city and inner city families, um, with baseball, how, how he got immediately pushback, immediate pushback and families kind of said, listen, we, um, we don't want you here. We don't need you here. We don't need you to come down and do this. And he said, I really had to step back. And instead of reacting, I had to respond and say, can you help me understand why? There's a story behind that hurt. There's a story behind that posture. And if I truly want to help like you want to be helped, I need to stop and listen to you. Um, and he talked about in his interview how, how he learned a long, a painful history and past and how just being willing to sit and listen and learn and know convinced people, okay, uh, this really is about us and how it will make us feel and not you and how it will make you feel. So let's, let's figure out how to get it done. He, he um, had so, a great, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. He had a great response that went along with that same story, basically said, I, I'm sorry the way you feel, and, and he kind of said this, but how how can we make sure your children and grandchildren don't have the same experience, bitterness, frustration you have? Like, how can we make it better together? Right, and and he's done that. So, um, yes, yes, we had him in uh, as the general manager of the Kansas City Royals because he is a uh, he's a great voice um, and a great Christian voice in our city. But more than that, we had him in because he's a follower of Jesus who I believe has been trying to make a difference in this area. And and we acknowledged early, he's not an expert. He's not perfect. He's, he's, not, he's not the savior of the world in this area, but he cares and he's been doing something. So he was a good person to talk to us about caring and doing something. And just how Dayton can do it, he at one point he said uh, – I know God's not impressed with the general manager of the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, and it's just the humble nature he has. We are right because right. we we love baseball, and but right. at the same time, he he's humble enough to say God just wants me to be a, an obedient Christian. Yep, uh, which I which I love about his character. Uh, in your conversation, you share from James chapter two, uh, right, the verses one through thirteen, which which makes clear that showing favoritism is wrong. It's it's a sin. James is really clear about it. Uh, and you also point out that Dr. Tony Evans, in his book, Racial Oneness, uh, says the goal is unity, not uniformity. Uh, can you talk more about this and, and maybe how God would want us to celebrate? You, you, you and Dayton talked about these differences between the races and cultures and how God would want us to celebrate those. Yeah, so the name of the book is Oneness Embraced. That's what I meant. Yeah, by um, by Dr. Tony Evans, and it's awesome. And and he he talks about in there that that book is so tremendous because uh, half of it's written, um, half of it's written to white folks, and half of it's written to black folks. I mean, his his book is like, um, hey, white people, here's what you need to know, and hey, hey, black people, here's what you need to know. I mean, it was it really, a great book. It was I a have fun, read this one. Yes. I didn't read last week's. I've <laughs> yes. read this one. It's it very a good. Phenomenal book. But he talked about. Um, how for, how for a lot of white churches, right? As a white pastor, um, pastoring in the suburbs of, of Kansas City, um, who, who has, I, I mean, I, I bet we have 
more, I bet we have a dozen ethnicities represented in, in our church. But he talks about how a lot of churches in the suburbs see diversity as, um, come join us and look like us and we'll say we're diverse. And he says diversity is not, um, diversity is not uniformity. Look the same, act the same, dress the same, act the same, you know, eat, eat the same foods. Um, unity is not uniformity. And he talks about how scripture says that one day in heaven, you know, according to scripture that you get to heaven and John said he saw people from every race and every culture and every ethnicity, um, which, which meant that people look like what they look like on earth. They look like their race. They look like their ethnicity. They looked like their culture. Um, and Dr. Evans said, you know, unity is learning to love and worship Jesus and learning to love and be with each other and learning how to live and serve on mission without me having to become like you or you having to become like me. And Dayton even talked about it. You know, the, the, there's, there's been this, um, what, what I have learned, um, it is, is really a, it's an, it's an improper statement. Um, but you know, for, for people to say, Oh, I, I don't, I don't see color. Um, Dayton talked about how, you know, he said every now and then I hear people say that and I think, how can you not see color? How can you not see differences? How can you not celebrate differences? If God didn't want us to see color and culture, he would have made us all the same color and culture. But we are different colors and cultures and all of those reveal something a little bit different about the majesty and the beauty of the God who created man and women. Uh, woman in his, in his own image. Um, so, yeah, we even, we even talked about, um, the importance of learning about other races and cultures so that, so that we can become more like them, understand them, um, and in a way just celebrate our differences and together be a better picture of God than we ever could be apart. Yeah, the only uniformity is we're supposed to be uniformed in the image of Christ. I mean, yes. we're supposed to begin to look more like yes. Christ together. Who's Jewish, by the way? Yeah, right. Yes. Right. So he's not white or black. Yes. He's yeah. He's he's Jewish. So yeah. yeah, we we are we are trying to live with the spirit and the heart um, of 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 someone who's neither ca- Caucasian nor African American. Yeah. Um, someone who's Jewish, which means our our soul should be uniform in Jesus, housed in bodies. That look different, that look different. and and like different things, and worship different, and celebrate different, and do family. Di- it's just, yeah, unity does not mean uniformity. So it is celebrating and living among the differences that are, that our cultures and backgrounds have given us. Which I think one of the things he expressed is he gets to travel the world for baseball. He's seen all these different cultures. You and I have traveled for ministry. And we love, I love celebrating the different cultures when we're in different places. So, yeah, these are things that should be celebrated, not things that divide us. You express this theme um, towards the end of the interview of speak and act, right? Speak and act like Jesus. And I, and I think, I think it tied in really well with what Dayton said as he learned in, in not only this area of racial oneness, uh, but for other areas, the thought of speak less, listen more. Try to understand and treat people with grace and concern. What, what a great, I mean, what a great way to live your life every day. And I, I think that, that tied really well, uh, in with what, uh, they're doing at the Urban Youth Academy. The fact, uh, the fact that it has allowed them to come alongside people 
and do life with them. I really like this part of the interview where he said, sometimes you can have differences that can't get worked out, but when you can begin to do life with people, um, I, I just love that uh, point of, of the interview. How did that challenge and inspire you as we look at how we would like to do better and do do even more in the future of coming alongside? Yeah, so the theme of speak and act came from James 2, where James says you need to speak and act like one who has been judged by the law that gives freedom. Which James says you need to speak and act like you understand how Jesus loves you. You need to speak to people. You need to speak about things and you need to act towards people and love in a way that shows you understand what Jesus has done in your life. And, you know, Dayton, he, he talked about an interaction that he had in Guatemala. I, I think this part of speaking, speaking act in a way that honors and glorifies Jesus and recognizes his heart. You know, as you, as you talked about him traveling the world, Dayton said, you know, he, he used to be an international scout with the Atlanta Braves. So, you know, he's scouted everywhere from, uh, you, you know, Southeast Asia and Japan yeah. and K- Korea, um, you know, to America. South America, to Central America. Um, he's been on trips, mission trips with us all over the world. And he said, I've learned, um, he said, I've learned one thing about moms and dads and single moms and dads all over the world, whether, whether they're living in the urban core of America or whether they're living in the big houses in the suburbs or whether they're living in, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, whether they're living in a hut in Guatemala, you know, or they're living in a skyscraper in Tokyo, um, you know, or, or they're living in a kind of a, 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 a lean to in the Dominican. Um, he said, I've learned, I've learned this about every mom and dad of every race and culture that I've, that I've ever been around. They all want the same thing for their kids. They all want the same things for their kids. They love their kids and they want someone else to love their kids and they want an opportunity for their kids to make, they want someone to care enough about their kids to, to give their kids an opportunity to make it. And, and, and I think when we talk about speak, speak and act in a way that shows you get it spiritually, I think what you see is God is the first parent of kids who loves his kids and who gives them the opportunity to succeed because of Jesus and what he's done, what he's done for us through Jesus. And if we could, if we could understand how much God loves us so much so that he would speak the world into existence and he would act by sending his son to be our savior. If we could speak and act like God and, and we would see what needs to be done, we would begin to talk about what needs to be done and then we would begin to act to make a difference in the lives of people. I, I think, um, I, I think that simply is nothing more than the great commandment, the great compassion and the great commission of scripture that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. You love your neighbor as yourself. You see and you do something about the hurt and pain that you see around you and you spend your life trying to become a disciple who makes disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples like that. The product of being a Jesus follower helps you speak and act in a way that honors God and, and loves people regardless of their backgrounds, regardless of their skin colors, regardless of their condition. You see them and you want the same thing for them, not only that their mom and their dad do, but that their heavenly father wants for them. Really leads into the next question. You know, Dayton made a statement that was really a great truth. 
He said, racism is not black versus white. It is good versus evil. Like it's racism is evil. Um, he also mentioned that our our light. Uh, this is he, he. He should have been a preacher. He went into kind of <laughs> talking. I was really proud of him as he he was really um, relaying several key thoughts from Scripture. He mentioned our life is a vapor. You know, right? The Bible teaches us. And then he said, "Let's make it count." Uh, you all both expressed the truth that you know whether whether you're part of the problem or not, you can be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Can you can you talk about the impact that? Through Unite KC, this one good thing campaign, how how it can have an impact in Kansas City and beyond. Yeah, so you have to have a global perspective to make the statement Dayton understood and to understand the statement that Dayton understood. Um, that racism is not just black versus white, it's good versus evil. You say, how can you say that? If you've never been outside of America, you know you might not be able to say that. But when you've spent extensive time in Israel, like Dayton has, and you see Jew versus Arab, both of a Middle Eastern um, skin color, you would say racism is not black versus white, it's good versus evil. When you've been to Southeast Asia and you've seen the way some in Japan look at some in Korea, you would you would call that racism, not black versus white, but good versus evil. When when you like he does spends a lot of time in the Dominican Republic with baseball, and and you see the racism between that the Haitian Dominicans um, and the Dominicans of of a more European um, kind of Latino descent, you realize it's not black versus white; it's good versus evil. Racism is sin, and it permeates. Uh, it has permeated every culture of the world throughout every period of history, which means the only answer is Jesus. And I and I love what Dayton and I were to talk about. There there are some people um, who will never come back to our church after Sunday because we talked about this on Sunday. We've had two um, Sundays where we focused on racial oneness. One in June. And one, I think, in early November, and after each of those, we had people tell us, I will never come back, because this is not stuff a church should be talking about. Church should be talking about scripture. Church should be talking about Jesus, like church should not be talking about social issues. But as Dayton and I talked about, if the only answers, if the only answer to racism is Jesus, and the church refuses to talk about it, there is no hope for racism. If racism is sin, and the only answer for sin is Jesus, churches better be talking about it as much as anyone, because we're the only ones who hold the answer to changed hearts. So what Dayton has done with the Unite KC program, he and a, and a board of directors uh, and domain leaders from um, from from all parts of town, uh, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall, I wasn't. Um, but I imagine those early meetings where Mayor, Lu- Mayor Lucas, uh, former Mayor James, um, and current KCPD police chief, uh, Rick Smith sat down and had discussions about how are we going to, like, I wish I could have been a part of those meetings because you only hear one side at a time and, and you would make it seem like they cannot get on the same page to help each other. Like, I love that someone with a position 
like the general manager of a professional sports team can call them both together and say, all right, we need to, we need to sit down and talk about this. Um, and they'll talk about it together. The, the theme of Unite KC is, is, is one good thing. Um, they realize after 400 years of racial oppression and systemic things that have been built into culture, um, to hold down one race while holding up another, they realize overnight it's not going to change. Probably not in our lifetime will things change. If it took 400 years to get here, some have said it'll take 400 years to get out of here. But Dayton, you know, Dayton and his organization, Unite KC, say we, but we can all do one good thing every week. We can all do one good thing every day. Um, we got to where we are because some, somebody did one bad thing. One bad thing at a time, day after day after day after day after day, and like and no one stopped it. So now we need to reverse it. Do one good thing, moment after moment, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Just one good thing until until we begin through Jesus um, to to tur- to turn the tide or at least make a dent in the the movement that is racing away from the heart of Jesus and that's putting so much tension. Um, on on the heart of broken humanity, bringing so much pain to the heart of broken humanity, bringing so much discouragement and depression to the heart of broken humanity. So if you go to their website, there'll be a, there'll be a tab of hey, what what can I do? One, you can sign the covenants. Uh, Kansas City is a city historically that if you if you go back in history um, was a city that really covenanted together. Um, to separate black and white. It, it is a city of covenants that created racial division from redlining to where people could live to what houses were available to whom, um, what neighborhoods were available to what color. It, it was a city of covenants. A lot of those from J.C. Nichols um, that said we are going to be a city that is divided along racial lines. The Unite KC organization um, has asked people to sign a new set of covenants um, based on based on the love and unity of Jesus, it says, because of Jesus, we are going to be a city that that works to break down barriers, that works to break down boundaries, that erases lines that cause division, and we are going to work together for unity, um, one good thing at a time. So I would encourage all of our listeners to Google Unite KC to go to the covenant, and you can click on it and you can sign. Um, we live in a city that covenanted together decades ago that we would be racially divided. Uh, and we are saying it's now time to stand up and be a part of a city that is working towards uh, racial unity. I uh, I love what Unite KC is doing. It was an honor to get to host them and, and be a part of what they were doing and, and what they will do. Um, the material that you got to lead some people through this last fall are the undivided what we called Oneness Embraced Group. We're going to have it again February 21st. You give people an opportunity to sign up for that. Um, from your experience, getting a chance to be a part of the first one, what what was your greatest takeaway from walking through this material with a group of folks from our church? Oh, man. Um, how much people need a group of other Christians with to have these conversations, to ask good questions, to lament together, to try to figure out through the lens of Jesus if if there's a way if there's a way to to make any positive headway at all. Um, 
I think that that was a that was a big one. Just the hung the hunger of people, not on Facebook, not on social media, not at work, but with a group of Christians to sit down and say, "This has broken my heart, and I I want I want to be a part of the solution, not the problem." How was huge, and then to um, Ryan to to listen in to a group of black pastors. Um, black Christian leaders, men and women from around the country talk about their experiences and just to be a learner, just to be a learner, not only in things you didn't know, but things you didn't even think about asking the questions to, um, was, was, it was, it was humbling. It was, as I said in our annual report, when we talked about this area of our church, it was a, uh, it was a humbling year, not only to learn how much we did not know. But to see how much we did not even try to know um, that we that that we should have been doing, and to say, man, we're not where we want to be in this area, but we're not willing to stay where we are. So I guess one um, one small step at a time. Let's start heading forward, and uh, it it may not be where it needs to be until four hundred years from now, but I'm willing to be a part of year one of pulling in the other um, direction. It's just really, really good through a lens of scripture, through a lens of discipleship, through a lens of spiritual community to see where we are, maybe how we got in there and, and what we needed to do to, uh, to start heading the other direction. I'm glad you had the interview. Not really a last question. Was there anything else from conversation with Dayton that really impacted you? Yeah, you I, to share? yeah I think time. Um, I think the, the time that it takes, uh, to con, to convince, um, to convince the black families in, in our church, to convince the black families in our community, to convince, um, the black families in our city, um, to con, to convince the black families in our country that followers of Jesus are serious. Uh, it's, it's not a one Sunday deal. It's not a, it's not a statement, uh, on Twitter or on your website. It is, um, and it's not years. It's decades of one good thing at a time with the um, recognition that you may never be recognized, that your heart is in the right place, and the realization that that's not even important. The recognition that that it's knowing that for the next 25 years, we could be a part of a generation of Jesus followers that says we're going to try to do better and to have um, centuries worth of hurt and false starts that have to be overcome to live through a generation who will never believe we're serious and never and never have their hearts healed and to know that's not even the point. So like Dayton said, our kids and our grandkids and our great grandkids and our great great grandkids might be able to live in a world that looks more like the kingdom of God. Um, I think realizing the the long term the long term effort that's gonna have to be put in with probably very little short term rewards the wrong word without any short term realization 
that it's doing anything good, but realizing that's not even the point Yeah, to just be faithful one day at a time doing one good thing and to do it because you've been spoken to and you've been acted towards the way we have by Jesus just to do it for him. And to know if he's like, if he's the only one who sees it and if we're doing it to honor him, that maybe generations from now things, things will be better. I think it was the, you know, sitting, sitting in the urban youth Academy in that, in that beautiful place and realizing after years of being there, there, there are families who just now think maybe they do care. Um, and realizing still we gotta, we gotta, we got a really long way to go. And the point is not to convince anyone that we care. The point is to convince them that Jesus cares. Yeah. Uh, and one good thing at a time over the course of decades, if not generations, uh, trying, uh, trying to bring that point home to people of every class and every race, uh, in our city and, and in our world. And I think it's an effort that pleases the heart of God, which I think is your point. And, uh, man, thank you, Pastor Christian, and thank you if you're listening, uh, Dayton Moore. Really appreciate your leadership in our community, and uh, we love uh, we love your heart for Jesus. Uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast today, wherever you're listening from. Uh, we would love to have you come and be a part of one of our services here live, either at one of our two locations either at uh, what we would call maybe our main campus here, 8, 9.30, or 11, or on Sundays at 10 a.m. at Summit Christian Academy. Uh, you can always catch us. We know we have quite a few of our people still watching online, on Facebook Live, YouTube, our JCI app. Uh, we love to hear how God's working in your life, or if you're wondering, you know, how do I sign up for that class, you can email us at activate at takethejourney.cc, or you can actually find that in our our group search engine on our on our uh, JCI app. We look forward to uh, catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Activate. We would love for you to join us in person for one of our weekly worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Help us get the word out about this resource. You can do so by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.